You're listening to the Harvest Time Podcast. We hope this message helps you know God in a real and powerful way. If you are in the Fort Smith area, we would love to see you in one of our services on Saturdays at 6 p.m. or Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning to you. How are you? Who is glad to be in God's house today? Come on, give God a praise. Come on, do better than that. Come on, let's just take a moment and praise God. Come on, everything in our life, he's a good God, amen. If you have a Bible, go to Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. We'll read a verse here for you this morning. Again, Merry Christmas to you. If I don't see you again, Merry Christmas. So good to have you today in the house with us. Those online, well, thank you for watching out there on the internet land. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. That was given to us 700 years before the birth of Christ. How cool is that? Isaiah 26, 2, watch this verse close. Open the gates that the righteous nation, everybody say righteous nation. Come on, everybody say righteous nation. Watch these words close. That the righteous nation that keeps faith may enter in. There's a connection between a nation honoring God and a nation walking in peace. Watch this. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon you because he trusts in you. Both the individual and the nation itself can impact the peace we have in our life when we make God the center of our life. If you lack peace anywhere in your life, it's because God is not in the center of that area of your life because God is a God of peace. Isaiah 32, 17, watch this close. And the effect, everybody say the effect. The effect of righteousness, that means living right before God. That's a right uh, position with God. If, if you are righteous, you're right before God. The effect of righteousness will be peace. The result of righteousness will be, watch this close, quietness. Who could use some peace in life? Hand up high, come on. Who could use some peace? The rest of you in denial right now. Come on, who could use peace? Hand up high. Who could use some quietness? How many enjoy quiet? Come on, there you go. That's right. And peace and quietness. Watch this close. I love this. Love this word here. And trust in him forever. My people abide in a peaceful habitation and secure dwellings and a quiet resting place. Isaiah declares that there is a link between the alignment we have with God and the peace we have both with people and as a nation. There's a direct connection there. If you lack peace in life, it's because God is not at the center of that area of your life. When God is at the center, there will be peace. Look at Luke 2, 8. Here we go. Now there were the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord came and stood before them, and the glory of God shone around about them, and they were greatly afraid, it says. Then the angel said to them, do not be afraid. For I behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. Christmas is a time of celebration. Who in the house are you? Are Christmassy folks all year long? You love this time of year. Put your hand up high. Come on. Who in the house? That's you today. Who in the house? You cannot wait for New Year's to get here and get back to living everyday life. Come on now. 
Scrooges, aren't you? That's right. Just bah humbug to you. Who here today in the house, you are done with Christmas. You bought the stuff. You have celebrated. You are ready to roll. And Christmas is tied up at your house and you're ready. Hand up high. Who has yet to begin any shopping? Come on. Who in the house is trying to get that done? A few of you in the house, man, you guys are in trouble. Better get busy. We celebrate. The angels declared why? Because it's wonderful good news. For all people, they said, I bring you good news of great joy for all people. The good news of Christmas is simply this, and we celebrate because of this, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes would not perish but have what? Everlasting life. That's why we have Christmas. The entire purpose of Christmas is because of God's love. If you have no God, you have no love, you have no Christmas. The reason we have Christmas is because God loves us so much he sent his son to the earth to be with us so we could come back to him. Because of God's love, we have Christmas. How many thank God for his love today in your life? You thank God for his love? I do too. I thank God for loving me. Yet surrounding the arrival of the Messiah, not just God's love, but there was a promise of peace. There was a promise of reprieve, and and the people that day welcomed this because they had walked in darkness and oppression and slavery and difficulty. They'd been there, and they needed peace. And I would submit that we need peace even today. But we need peace to be more than a seasonal slogan. We need it to be the substance of our life, how we live every day. Not just this time of year. The word peace should be part of our living because Jesus Christ is the Prince of Peace and we should be people of peace. And it's got to go beyond the season. It's got to become a part of who we are, both on the inside and on the outside. Isaiah predicted he would be the Messiah, the Prince of Peace. The Bible tells us in Thessalonians that he was called the Lord of Peace. Romans chapter 5 says we have peace with God through Jesus Christ. And we know this in Philippians, we know that God can keep our hearts and minds in peace as we trust in him. Because when you have peace with God, you have the only peace that you need in your life. Here's the dilemma. We human beings tend to be very uh, hard to live in peace. We tend to do better the other way than at peace. If you've ever left two kids at home alone by themselves as a parent, before you left the house, you may have said this phrase, you two get along. Who's ever said that? Come on. But how many know the kids, once you leave, do what kids are going to do? And probably you've come back to various stories and various reasons why this is missing and that is broke. And no one ever concurs on the why because it's always somebody else's fault. As a people, we tend to do better at fighting and feuding. And social media has done wonders for this, hasn't it? Because we love to pick a fight because somebody has to hear my thoughts on this issue. Nobody can stay quiet any longer. And we have this urgency in our heart because of our human sin nature to make sure folks understand our position. Man, we have really declared our trenches and position life, haven't we? See, as human beings, we often thought that we could uh, educate folks better. If we were smarter, we would hurt less. But after a few world wars and a few here and there wars, it seems like the smarter we get, the more wars we have. And we simply have better ways of killing each other. 
because you can't educate enough to change a heart. And only a heart can change and bring about peace. The way to a peaceful heart is to be reconciled back with God, and that's what Christ does for us. He gives us all a path to reconciliation. What is that, you say? Reconciliation is a restoration process, the restoration of peace. It brings peace back into our life. Peace with God, peace with other people, and peace in our own heart every day. It's a miracle. It changes everything. This reconciliation turns our difficulty, our diffuse our conflicts. It turns our chaos into calmness. It quiets our quarrels. It swaps out stress for serenity. It gives us God's peace. It transacts tension for tranquility. And it gives us a peace that surpasses any knowledge in this life because God's in charge of everything. It swaps out stress. I was thinking this week, do all you can to avoid Rogers Avenue the entire month of December. If you have to go to Mountain Bird and come back, just stay away from Rogers. And it seems like we're in this hustling, bustle, and this different picture of living, and because we're so focused on exchanging and going here and there, we forget the whole purpose of Christmas is about reconciliation with God. What would happen if every year we kind of look back on this year and ask ourselves, did I live a life this year aligned with God, or did I live a life my way? Did I do what I wanted or what God wanted in my life this year? Just kind of think back for a second and what would happen to us as a people if next year we focus more on being right with God? Let that simmer for a second. Do your Christmas, exchange your gifts, put up your tree, stick your lights outside, sure, go, do all the stuff. Have your dinner. If you have extra cake pops, I'm your guy. Do what you got to do, but don't forget the purpose of Christmas is for us to get back in proper alignment with God. And what a different place this would be if all of us aligned ourselves with God. See, Jesus not only would teach the way to peace, but would empower each of us to live our life every day in peace if we would put our trust in him. The angel said, glory to God in the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward mankind, Luke 2, 14. Glory to God in the highest. If you still wonder if we need peace in our life, just consider this real fast. Consider the debris across society right now. Consider divided homes, damaged children, discarded friendships, destroyed partnerships and relationships, destructive governments, destructive behaviors, dependency upon addictive behaviors, we desperately still need peace as people inside of us and outside of our life. And the only way to get that is through Jesus Christ. So why do we lack this so far today? See, the best way to approach this issue is to kind of go back to the reasons why we lack our peace. Go to the source of the conflict. First of all, by nature, we're very self-centered. We think every day about numeral uno, and that's it. It's all about me. We don't mean that, but we're born that way. That's our sin, selfish nature. We always think of ourselves first. I'll prove it to you. Look at a group photo of this Christmas around the tree, and who do you look for first? You look for yourself. And if you look good, it's a great picture. If you don't, it doesn't matter, everybody else. If you look bad, it's a bad picture. 
We went to Israel this past spring with some folks in the church, and we did this big picture one day on the side of the Mount of Olives with the city behind us, and we all kind of got in this half-moon circle, and the sun's blaring across over top of the Mount of Olives, and I could not even see. And wouldn't you know, when they flash the camera, my eyes are closed. So I, 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 I etch in the memory that moment of time, the entire two-week trip, all the effort, all the travel, all the work with this pose right here. So to me, it's a terrible photo. Now, my wife, she looks great, so it's a perfect picture for her. But for me, it's a disaster. By nature, we are very self-focused as people. What about this? We have a lack of peace because in many parts of life, we're trying to get someone else or something to fulfill the place only God can fulfill. You can't buy enough, you can't go enough, you can't spend enough, you can't do enough to place to replace God in your life. You can't have the perfect spouse, the perfect kids. By the way, there's no such thing. You can't get that stuff at any level or place God's role. God has a part of you that only he can fulfill. And no matter how hard you try, you're going to lack peace until you place God at the center of your life. And you can wash your blues away with addictive behavior. You can go spend your bank account away. But until you place God at the center of all things, you're going to find yourself lacking peace. What about this? What about worry? Man, we are worriers, aren't we? You know what worry is? Worry is really forgetting that God's in charge. You know, the stuff that we set up worrying about, God isn't losing any sleep over. Well, he don't sleep anyway, but if he, if he did, he would not lose sleep because he understands it's going to be okay. Think of how many times in life you've been up through the night or, 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 or gained a few pounds because of stress or lost a few pounds because of stress. And all you had to do was simply say, God, you're in charge. I trust you. In fact, before the song Don't Worry was written, the Bible says don't worry. It said don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. With thanksgiving, make your need known to God, it says. And then it says, and the peace of God will keep and guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. The dilemma is most of us know the song more than the scripture. The song is a, is, is a cool saying, certainly, but the scripture will change your life. When you place God in the center and trust God and pray about everything, worry begins to go away. But here's the bigger issue. Our lack of peace today is not a natural one, but it's a spiritual one. We lack peace with God. Because when you have peace with God, you'll have peace with your fellow man. Take any area of conflict in your life right now. It could be classism, racism, economicism, marital fight, parenting, child issue. It doesn't matter what it is. If there is not reconciliation here, this right here will never work. It's got to start with us and God. You'll never have world peace until you have peace in the nations. You won't have peace there until you have peace in the community. And you won't have peace there until you have peace in the family. And you won't have peace there until you have peace in the people in the family. Why would I want world peace if I can't have Marty peace? I want to start here with peace in my life. If each one of us come to peace with God, we'll be at peace with our fellow man. And that can only happen when the Prince of Peace reigns in our life every day. See, Jesus came at Christmas time to give us a pathway to peace. In fact, three kinds of peace. First of all, peace with God. That means you're forgiven of your sin. How cool is that? 
You could stand before God justly now. You could be in right alignment with God. That's righteousness. And then you can have the peace of God, which is how you live your life, which is where you begin to trust God, that God has everything under control. No more worry, no more stress. He's in charge. It's going to be okay. God's a good God, and I trust God with my life. And then you have peace because of Christ with other people. You cannot be right with God and be wrong with your fellow man. It all goes together. And when I lack peace here, it's because I've missed the peace here. Think of the angel, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. It's almost like a formula. When I live a life that gives glory to God in the highest, I'm going to have peace in my life, and then I will have goodwill toward mankind. Jesus offers us peace with God. You might be going, Marty, I don't, I'm not at war with God. You may not know that, but maybe you are today. Here's how you look at it. If you're trying to live life your way, Instead of God's way, you, my friend, are in a fight with God. Because God has a plan, and he is God and we're not. And when we live our life by our rules and not by God's purposes, we're living in a conflict. We're living for ourselves. Now, don't worry. The Bible says this is a universal issue. Isaiah 53, 6 says that all we like sheep all we like sheep have gone astray. All of us, each one of us have turned to our own way. That's my nature. My nature wants to do what I want to do. Not what God says, but what I desire for my life. And so that's where the war begins to take place. And then the Bible says that the Lord had laid upon him, on Jesus' back, the iniquity of us all. Jesus came to this earth to bring us peace by taking the price and paying the price of our sin unto God. He took the pain. He took the sorrow. He took the iniquity that was on us and placed it on himself, and he gave it there. And because of his work on the cross, we can have peace back with God. When Jesus came on the scene... He literally came right in the middle of a human conflict and a spiritual war zone. They were entrenched against each other and entrenched against God. You had the Romans and the Jews, the Christians and the Romans, the Christians and the Jews, and they had all dug their ditches in. They had determined their boundary. They were staying right there and not moving for anybody. And Jesus shows up on the scene literally in the middle of all this. Mankind entrenched against God, entrenched against each other, and he shows up, and we see this, that peace itself cannot be organized. You can't organize peace. It must be internalized. If you're a parent, you understand this. The moment you turn your head, your kid one is going to smack kid number two. It's just going to happen, and you know this. And so you do your very best to legislate in the government. Listen, peace has to come on the inside. My brother and I grew up, we fought as much as anybody could possibly fight. And my parents did the best they could to get us to behave and get along. And, they, and we, we, we discussed, we prayed, we were adversaries, we got spanked, we got whooped. There was no timeout. The timeout was the unconscious part of the discipline. <laughs> anybody else tracking on that? You grew up that way. That's right. That was the timeout part. I just came back to do that. That was timeout, son. Thank you very much. But until we decided in our own hearts to get along, they couldn't do enough about it. Until we decide in our hearts, you cannot organize peace. You can't instruct peace. 
You can't make people get along unless they choose to. We can line them up and do the right thing and act the right way, but the moment the, the authorities look away, we do our own self our way and not God's way. On December the 7th, 1914, the Pope suggested a temporary hiatus from World War I for just for the purpose of Christmas. He said, guys, take a pause for Christmas. The battle was difficult. Trench warfare was fully engaged. Folks were losing their life left and right. Oftentimes, just being a few hundred yards apart from the other enemy, they would shoot across and just destroy each other. And the Pope said, let's stop for Christmas. The leaders rejected the idea of any kind of an official ceasefire. But on Christmas that year, the soldiers in the trenches did what nobody else could do. See, what religion cannot create and government cannot legislate, a human heart reconciled to God can do it all by itself. Man, we are people in trenches, aren't we, nowadays? We're entrenched against God, our fellow man. It's unique looking back over Christmas messages, and it's almost like every year something happens that kind of reinforces the message that weekend. And if you've been watching the news this week in our government, you can see that we're very entrenched as people. You know how you end the trenches? You come out. It takes just one person to move. That's what God did for us. God himself descended onto the earth in the form of a baby. And God came into a war zone and said, hey, will you guys come out of your trench toward me and toward each other? It just takes one person to step out first. Maybe this Christmas you're entrenched in your marriage. Maybe you've decided, hey, this is my position. I'm not moving. Listen, maybe you're right. I'm not arguing. I'm just simply saying don't live in a trench all by yourself. There's a lot of people in a line of loneliness that were right. It's not worth it. I look at our culture. We are entrenched against each other. We do it in the racism, we do it in the classism, we do it in the economics of life. And this time we come out of trenches and start doing what only we can do. Because the government can't make it happen. You can't organize enough walks to change racism. You gotta love your neighbor as yourself to change these things. You gotta love folks as God loved them. And maybe you're right, maybe you're right in the marital fight. I don't know the details, but it's just not worth staying there. What would happen this Christmas if all of us came out of the trenches and just started shaking hands and loving each other? History goes on to tell they had to move those soldiers to a different area because they could no longer shoot each other because they began to be friends with each other. I guess it's hard to shoot once you shake someone's hand. Maybe this Christmas we could do better at coming out of the trenches. I want you to come to your feet today reverently, please, and Respectfully of the moment, if you would please, for just a second today. And I'm going to ask you in a moment to bow your head and close your eyes. I'm going to bring you to a place of a decision for the day and for this Christmas. I don't know what trench you're in. I don't know if it's a spiritual trench. Maybe you're determined to live life your way and don't care what God has to say. Maybe this Christmas you come out of that trench. Maybe you're entrenched in society and, and there's so much venom out there and so much destruction. There's so much war out there. Maybe this Christmas you come off of digging your heels in and digging that hole. I don't know why you dug the hole. 
I'm just saying, let's get out of them. And let's live different this year coming up. Let this Christmas be the season that we realize it's about reconciliation, coming back right before God and before each other. I want to ask you to bow your head today across this room, please, reverently. I want to ask you one question. Those watching online as well, hear me today. Maybe today you're here and you say, Marty, I'm in a trench and I want to come out. It might be in your home. It might be in your family life. It might be between you and your parents or you and a boss. Maybe you and the church, you and God, you have your issues. I know that. I get that. But all of us have to come out of the trench and receive peace. With every head bowed, every eye closed today, I want to ask you, would you be prepared this Christmas to come out of the trenches that you've been living in? That is you, so I can pray for you between me, you, and God. I want to pray for you today. Just right there in your seat, just put a hand up high. I'm going to pray for you right now. Lots of hands up high. No more trenches. Come on, hands up right now. Lots of hands up. Keep your hand up high and don't put it back down. I'm going to pray with you right now. No more trenches. Maybe it's a bad divorce. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe it's resentment. Maybe it's shame. Maybe it's guilt. Come out of the trench and receive the peace only Jesus can bring into your life. Keep your hand up high. Don't put it down. We'll pray with you right now. Father, I thank you today because you're a God of peace. Father, you see every hand across this house and those watching us online right now, you know their hearts today. And God, I pray by faith that each person begin to, can begin today to take a step out of the trench that they've dug themselves into. Take the risk but know that you're a good God and a loving Father and a faithful friend. And may today be the day that they receive from you the freedom of forgiveness and the power of reconciliation. And may today be the day you become the prince of peace in their life. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Keep your head bowed across this house quickly. I'm gonna pray a prayer of salvation. Today, if you have entrenched yourself against God, you're living life your way and not God's way. Pray this with me out loud and mean in your heart. Receive the gift that God has for you today. In fact, we'll all pray it together. Here we go. Say, Father God. Come on, say, Father God. Today I confess all of my sin to you. I thank you for loving me. I thank you for forgiving me. And today I thank you for saving me. Jesus, I announce you and I declare you as my Lord, my Savior, and my King. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks again for listening today. You can learn more about our church at harvesttime.net or by following us on Instagram. To stay up to date with more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe. We'll see you next time.